Well, good morning, Chili Bible. How are we doing this morning? All right, everybody's asleep. Okay. All right, I know what my job is. Wake everybody up. All right. Um, well, we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 8 today. We're going to look at the whole chapter, actually. Uh, this is our next to last week in the book of Proverbs for a while. Uh, uh, I'm going to finish up chapter 9 next week, and then after that, we are going to go to the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John is one of my favorite books of Scripture, uh, and we're going to go until we're done, because it's just so good. It's just so, so good, and it's so rich. Uh, I've been kind of saving it. You know, I'm 17 years now as a pastor, and uh, it's probably time, all right, dig into the Gospel of John. And, uh, and that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, if you are not in a small group, I know Rick mentioned small groups, but if you are not in a small group, shame on you. Get yourself in a small group. Uh, I say that only half joking, okay? Seriously enough, uh, small groups are one of the key ways that you can be encouraged, that you can have a group of friends who will pray for you, who will do life with you, who will walk through the ups and downs and bumps of, of, of life uh, together with you. It is a great thing. And we have a couple of different types at this point. We have, um, first of all, our sermon-based small groups. Our sermon-based small groups are groups that meet uh, either every week or every other week sometimes. Uh, and they go over uh, questions that I put together based on the message that you're hearing here on Sunday morning. So it's very convenient. You don't have any homework if you do that. You just have to come to church. That ought to be easy enough, right? And then come and listen and, uh, and then have opportunity to discuss the sermon in more detail uh, with a little more personal application to you yourself. Uh, get into detail with some other people on that. So it is, uh, it is a great opportunity to dig into that depth with that, uh, with a group of people, and eat and enjoy life together uh, and, uh, and be a Christian community together. Uh, the other kind that we have, on Wednesday night during Awana, I'm going to have a, a Colossians 2-7 group, which is designed for people who want to grow in their relationship with God and aren't really sure how to do that. Uh, I, 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 you know, I, I want to understand more about God. I want to understand more about it, what it means to, to be a follower of Jesus. and I, I'm not really sure how. And so we teach you some things, some basic, script, some basic scripture to memorize. We teach you how to do a quiet time, like people talk about, I had my quiet time this morning. What does that mean? What does that look like? How do you do that? Uh, how do you actually open your Bible and read it and understand some things that God is speaking to you? Uh, how, do you how do you share your faith with somebody else? Uh, how, do you, um, uh, how do you grow? What's the process of growing in Christ? How does that all work? And so this is, uh, that'll be a weekly event. Uh, even when Awana's not on, we will still be going. And uh, it'll run 33 weeks in total. Um, so three different books. It'll take us about nine months to go through. Uh, but it is a great class. It's a phenomenal process. Uh, if you have uh, finished one or more of those and you'd like to jump in at, at some point, 
you can do that like, oh, I finished book one, but I didn't finish book two. You can jump in there on book two with us. Uh, and it'll be an exciting opportunity. So sign-ups are right outside the main doors there on the table. And uh, encourage you to get into a small group. Uh, honestly, about, uh, I think about 80% of our adults are in a small group. And so if you are not in one, you are going to miss out on one of the main things that we do as a church together. So uh, if, you, if you can find your way there, we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 8. Uh, if you have a Bible, we, you know, this is Shillacothe Bible Church. Bible is liter- literally our middle name, and, um, and so we do, we do take the Bible seriously here. If you don't have a Bible, we've got a bunch that we give away, actually, uh, on the back table. You can pick one up and take it home with you. Uh, this is our last week here, in or second to the last week in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 8, and what we're finding in Proverbs as we study is this, that God is a good Father who loves us. And as a good Father he, who loves us, He has both warnings that He gives us, like we saw last week, a pretty stern warning in uh, Proverbs chapter 6, Proverbs chapter 7. Uh, and then he, he warns us strongly like that. He also warns us pretty frequently about the dangers of living life by our own wisdom. But he also, as a good father who loves us, he also encourages us and he invites us and he welcomes us to live life by his guidance and his wisdom. And what we see in chapter 8 here are the great rewards. There are four of them, four major rewards that we get if we will, in fact, live life by God's wisdom. So before we get into the text, let me pray for our time together. God, our Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are a good Father who loves us and that you do tell us how to go through life in a way that we avoid bloodying our toes and instead get to experience your blessing. Uh, Father, we, uh, we know that you love us and so we open your word here in the expectation that we're going to hear from you uh, through its pages. And Father, we pray that you would speak to us by your Holy Spirit through the Word into our hearts and that we would benefit and grow thereby. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is how the text begins. Here in uh, verses 1 to 11, we see the first benefit that if you follow God's wisdom, you get to see life as it really is. So look at verses 1 to 11 here with me. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portal, she cries aloud, To you, O men, I call, and my cry is to the children of man. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. Hear, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right. For my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. Now the word for wisdom in Hebrew is feminine. So... uh, 
wisdom here is poetically described and depicted as a woman who is going through the community shouting an invitation. There's no place that she doesn't raise her voice to be heard. She, she's shouting on the hills outside of town. Uh, she's going to the crossroads where the major intersections are. You know, she, if she was here in Chillicothe, she'd be down at like Walnut and 29, and uh, she'd be down at, by the McDonald's. Uh, she'd go down to Kroger's. She's going throughout the town wherever people gather, and she is shouting her invitation, calling people to learn wisdom from her. And the simple and the foolish do well to respond to the invitation because this is, these are the benefits. What is noble, what is right, what is true, what is righteous, what is straight, all come from her. And it's straight in terms of walking by the direct route. You know, that your pathway is not crooked as you go through life, but that you're walking by the straight route. And they all, all these benefits come from heeding, listening to wisdom's voice. And if you, if you know your Bible, that description of wisdom sounds a lot like a verse out of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, Paul says, he tells the Philippian church, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is anything excellent, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Well, these things are all attributes of Jesus because wisdom... All this, this, this teaching about wisdom ultimately describes the things that Jesus is and the things that Jesus displays to those who follow Him. And one thing you need to be sure to notice as we go through this text is that wisdom is not a program. It's not a program that you follow. It's not a checklist of things that you, you know, mark off. Did that, did that, did that, did that. It's not a philosophy. Wisdom is a person. Wisdom is a person. And, and we're given the identity of that person in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 24, where Paul says that Christ is the wisdom of God. He is the wisdom of God. And the point of these verses is that if you're following Jesus, if you're walking according to God's wisdom, then you will receive these gifts. Because you will start to see life through His eyes. Through God's eyes, you will see what is truly valuable. You'll see also by comparison what isn't worth much. You know, I saw, I saw some video on this recently. You know, they have glasses now that will correct for color blindness. I don't know if you, if you know this, but, but you ought to look at some of these videos. You'll see, you can look them up on YouTube. Um, but people who are colorblind, who have never seen color in their life, can put on a set of these glasses, and all of a sudden, it's like that scene in Wizard of Oz. You know, the movie starts out black and white, and then they land in Oz, and it's like, boom! It's technicolor, right? And... And these people who have been colorblind their whole life, all of a sudden they see green. They see purple. They see red. They see orange. They see gray and white and black and, and yellow and all of these amazing colors, right? And it's like, 
and they look at you and they kind of go, has it been like this the whole time for you? Right? Because they can't, they've never seen it. And, and in a sense, what wisdom does, uh, what following Jesus does, is it gives you, in a sense, a set of glasses where you can see life all of a sudden as it really is. And what you see, as you, as you read the book of Proverbs, we, we see some of this, uh, what you, and you see through the veil that otherwise clouds your judgment. You see that illicit sex isn't worth it. You see that laziness will make you poor. That dishonesty may save you embarrassment now, but it will bite you later. You see that greed will consume you. You'll see that a godly spouse is God's blessing. That God repays the violent with violence. And that peacemaking is hard, but it's worthy work. And you see on and on these things through the Scriptures. And without God's wisdom for life, then what you are is lost in the dark. And what you have in following Jesus, in following the way of wisdom, in listening in context here to wisdom's call and responding to it and saying, I want to live my life wisely. I want to live my life according to God's roadmap. What you get is a good roadmap, in fact, an infallible one, and a light to see it by. So that when everybody else is stumbling in the dark and wondering what to go and what to do and how life really works, you see clearly how life really works. And, and you see what is worth giving your life for and what is not. And you know what the Scripture says here? Verse 11. That... that that knowledge, that understanding, that discernment between good and bad, between, between ultimate value and temporary value, between what is right and what is wrong, what is good, what is evil, that ability is worth more than gold and silver and jewels. You see life as it really is. And on, in addition to that, if you follow the way of wisdom, if you follow Jesus then it will make you a righteous person. Look at verses 12 through 21. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance, and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. By me, kings reign and rulers decree what is just. By me, princes rule and all nobles, who all who gov govern justly. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, and my yield than choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness, in the paths of justice." granting an inheritance to those who love me and filling their treasuries. Wisdom is speaking to us all, and wisdom tells us that living by God's wisdom, following Jesus, living by God's wisdom, is going to have tremendous benefits. There are, there are several of them. Prudence, knowledge, discretion, counsel, sound wisdom, insight, strength, Enduring wealth, righteousness. That's a pretty good list. Who would not want that into their life? 
Who would not want sound counsel and discretion and knowledge and insight, strength, enduring wealth, righteousness? God's wisdom, in other words, will transform your character. It will cause you to hate pride and arrogance and evil ways and perverted speech. If you gain power and you rule with wisdom, then you'll rule with justice. And righteousness will be upheld as a result. And you'll see God's blessing as a ruler as a result. You want to be a truly good person? Someone who's blessed by God? Pursue wisdom. Pursue wisdom. Or to put it in New Testament terms, follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. And the payoff, again, is better than silver and gold. God's wisdom gives you an inheritance of righteousness to enjoy now. It changes your life. You know, if, if you have met a person, in fact, you know, we were talking about this in, in the 2-7 group that meets during Sunday school this morning. And we were talking about the change that Jesus has made in our lives. And I shared with one of the folks who was sitting around the table, you know, I would never believe that story if you weren't telling it to me. Because the reality is, is that the change that has happened in the time since they met Jesus has been so significant that the idea that they used to be a very different kind of person is just unfathomable if you see them now. You go, how can that be? That does not make sense. And what's happened is they have walked in the way of wisdom. They've decided to follow Jesus. And it has made them a righteous person. And it's like, well, how, what do you mean you used to be that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was a rowdy unbeliever back in the day, right? But not now. Well, what's happened? I followed Jesus. I got wisdom. Became righteous instead. And by the way, if you've experienced it, you know that this is worth more than silver and gold. It's worth more than silver and gold. Jesus described it as a treasure hidden in a field. Remember? He said, he said a man went and he found a massive treasure hidden in a field. And in his joy, he went and he sold everything he had in order to buy the field that the treasure was in. And then he went and dug it up. That is what Finding and following Jesus. Finding the way of wisdom is like. It would be like if you were, if you were digging over in one of the city parks and you found like $8 billion in gold coins. Okay? And you covered it back up. Threw some grass seed down. Maybe put a few cones around it to make it look like the city had been there, right? And then, and then you went down to City Hall and you said, look, I want to buy... I want to buy Shore Acres Park. And they go, well, it's not for sale. I, you don't understand. I will, I will pay whatever price you name. Well, it's not for sale for less than $3 million. That's not a problem. 
I will write you a check. <laughs> right? It's not a problem. I've got the money. And then you go dig up your treasure. Right? Imagine. Well, wisdom makes a person righteous. Wisdom gives them treasure better than silver and gold. Wisdom gives you a treasure better than silver and gold. And there's a third major benefit is that living by God's wisdom will align your life with God's world. Look at these verses here, verse, beginning verse 22. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of His works, the first of His acts of old. Ages ago I was set up at the first before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before He had made the earth with its fields or the first of the dust of the world, when He established the heavens, I was there. When He drew a circle on the face of the deep, when He made firm the skies above, when He established the fountains of the deep, when He assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters might not transgress His command, when He marked out the foundations of the earth. When I was, then I was beside Him like a master workman, and I was daily His delight, rejoicing before Him always, rejoicing in His inhabited world, and delighting in the children of man." Now, historically speaking, a lot of Bible teachers have taken this passage to be a description of God the Son's work in creation from the beginning. That in the beginning, the Son was there. I have no, no qualms about that. The Scriptures testify that the Son indeed uh, existed in eternity past and that He brought creation into existence alongside the Father. And as I said, 1 Corinthians 1.24 says that Jesus is the wisdom of God. So when it speaks here of God's wisdom existing before creation and bringing creation into existence, we should nod our heads in affirmation. Yes, that's what happened. But the point is, is that by God's wisdom, he, God created and designed and built the world. And He formed it in a particular way. He established the heavens and the earth and the skies and the seas, and He gave boundaries and limits to each of those things. And He inhabited the world in His wisdom, and He was delighted uh, and rejoiced by, in His creation and by His creation. He was thrilled with what uh, He had made because He had made it according to His wisdom and in a very particular way, with limits and boundaries for each part of creation. You remember what God said back in Genesis 1? When all the creation was done, it was very good. And I think the reason the Scriptures emphasize this, that all this is true, is that when you are living by God's wisdom then you are living like God designed for us to live. This world operates by certain rules. Amen? And those rules were established by God's wisdom in the beginning. And so when we live according to God's wisdom, then we are aligning ourselves with God's design. Let me give you an example. How many of you all have ever shopped at Ikea? You've been to Ikea, bought furniture at Ikea, okay? I actually like Ikea furniture, I do. 
I enjoy it. Um, I enjoy the aspect of following the instructions and putting it together out of that box and making this, this thing that's functional in my house, and I, I, I get a kick out of doing that. You know, it's kind of like Lego for adults, right? And, um, and I just enjoy it. Now, here's what I understand about Ikea, though. If you do not follow the instructions, you're not going to wind up with a beautiful functional dresser. What you're going to wind up with is a wobbly, uh, you know, janky dresser and a, and a little bag of important looking parts that you have left over. <laughs> and you don't know where these go, but they went in here somewhere and clearly they were important because this thing doesn't work like it should. It doesn't look like it should. It doesn't work. And, you know, the reality is, is that God's world is identically like that. That He has made life to work in a certain way. There are rules and there are instructions and there are steps. And if you align yourself with God's wisdom, what happens is, is that God takes you through all of the necessary steps to wind up with something beautiful and functional on the other end. But if you don't, if you choose to say, you know what, Lord, I know you designed the world to work in one way, but I'm going to go the way that I think is good. And what you will wind up with? A little bag of important looking stuff <laughs> that you left out. And a life that doesn't function nearly as well as it should. And it will be much more painful than it has to be. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Amen? And He means that. That if you want to align yourself with God's wisdom, if you do, if you follow Jesus, if you align yourself with God's wisdom, if you live by His wisdom and follow Jesus, then, then life will will work a lot better. It's not going to be perfect. You know, everybody who's one of those, you know, like, follow Jesus and, you know, you're going to get like a Mercedes and a big house. Uh, all those people are lying. I'll just tell you flat out, they're lying. They have a big house and a Mercedes because they dupe a lot of people into believing what is not true. But you will not, yours will not be coming. The reality is, though, is that following Jesus means your life will be wildly more peaceful and joyful than it would be if you try to do it your own way. Because God has made the world to work in a certain way. And when you live by His wisdom, you align yourself with it. You're not fighting against the whole world to make it happen your way. And of course, the biggest and most important benefit is this. By following God's wisdom, you receive eternal life. Verses 32 to 36. And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. 
and all who hate me love death. Now, again, make sure you're hearing me when I say this. God's wisdom is not a program, it's not a plan, it's not a philosophy, it's a person. Jesus Christ. And to find Him is to experience God's blessing and receive His wisdom and to have eternal life forever and God's favor now. When it says, finds life, that's what it's talking about. When it's talking about finding favor from God, that's what it's talking about. That life in eternity and life now are found in following Christ, in following Jesus. If you find Jesus, you find the life that is really worth living. If you reject Him, then you are committing your way to destruction, both now and in eternity. So you need to ask yourself, which way do you want to go? Which way do you want to go? I know that nobody is sitting out there and, and thinking to themselves, you know, I would think I would really like to help myself to difficulty and destruction. But nevertheless, many, many people choose to go that way because they have rejected the only way to avoid it, which is found in following Jesus Christ, in following God's wisdom. But... If you follow the path of wisdom, this is what happens. You will see life as it really is. You will align yourself with the way God made the world to work, and your life will work as a result. You'll become a righteous person, and you'll have eternal life. If there's a way of going through life that is good, it's this one. And I recommend it, by the way. It is a good one. It is the good one. It is the only one out there. But there is another path. And down that path you get to stumble in the dark, remain in sin, live life fighting with everything you've got against the way that the world really works. Become a wicked person and eventually live a life that leads to death. Both now and eternity. So, remember that scene at the end of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? Remember? They get, they get, they're in this room with all these cups, and the knight tells him one cup gives life, another cup takes it away. And then he says this, choose wisely. Remember? And then the one guy takes a cup and he drinks... And, uh, and all of a sudden, like in like eight seconds, he turns like 987 years old and shrivels up and turns to dust. And then the knight, very deadpan, says, he chose poorly. And you go, yeah, man, <laughs> you can say that in lights, <laughs> right? I just watched Spielberg turn that guy into ashes. It was terrible. <laughs> she goes kind of traumatized by it, right? Um, Choose wisely. There really are two ways you can go. The way of life, the way of death. 
the way of wisdom, the way of your own wisdom. And you get the glorious choice. God honors the choice that you have made, both now and in eternity. As C.S. Lewis said, there are ultimately only two kinds of people in the world. There are those who say to God, Thy will be done, and bow their heart, bow their knee before God, and decide to follow Jesus. And then there are the other kind, the people who, to whom God says, Thy will be done. You want your way? Have at it. Enjoy. Now, I know a lot of people in this room have already picked the wiser path. I know that that's true, and I rejoice in that. I celebrate that fact right along with you, that you have picked the way of wisdom, the way of following Jesus. And, and as a bunch of us have done that, we ought to rejoice in all that God has done for us. Amen? We ought to wake up every morning just thankful that God has chosen to reveal Himself to us in a way that He brought us into relationship with Jesus and He has saved us from so much pain and difficulty and not to mention you know, the destruction of eternity in hell. Praise God for that. He has blessed our lives immeasurably. But I also would be remiss if I did not address anybody else who might be in the room. Maybe you've been to church a whole bunch in your life. Maybe you are in a family of people who have known Jesus since before you were born. Maybe you've got a relative who's a pastor. Maybe you're even a church member somewhere. Maybe even here. And you've been living your life and you've kind of faked everybody out. And you've pretended like you really know Jesus. But you don't. If that's you today, can I invite you and beg you and encourage you in every way possible to right now renounce the way you've been going, to turn a new direction, to turn to Jesus and put your trust in Him. If you do that, it'll be the greatest day of your life. It'll open up to you a whole new way of living, a whole new way of thinking, a whole new way of being in relationship with God. And you will have peace and joy in abundance. Even if none of your circumstances get better, and in fact, even if they get worse, you will still have peace and joy in a relationship with Jesus. And you can do that right now if you do this. If you will talk to God and just tell Him, God, I am tired of going down this road. I am tired of living by my own wisdom. I need a new start. I am putting my trust in Jesus Christ who died on the cross for all of my sins and was raised from the dead to give me new life. I'm putting my trust in Him right now. And at the instant you do that, 
Jesus Christ will send the Holy Spirit to dwell in your heart and change you forever from the inside out and to lead you on the road of His wisdom and to give you eternal life. Now, there's probably another category of person. And that's someone who has known the Lord for many years and walked with Him in fact, maybe the only times in their life that you were ever happy or joyful would be, be the times that you were really trying to follow Jesus. But it has been a while since you were really doing that. And I have such good news for you. That's you. If you, you were going down the right road and then you kind of took a fork in the road and went off another direction. There's great news for you. God still loves you. God forgives sinners. And all we have to do is come to God and confess. Remember the story of the prodigal son? Goes off, spends all of his inheritance on... uh, well, the King James says it, says it best. It says, and he went off to a far country and there he squandered his sustenance in riotous living. <laughs> okay. Basically meaning he went out to Vegas and had a fit for himself. Okay. And he wandered off the path for a long while until he had spent everything. He blew it all. And in fact... Life was so bad that he got a job feeding pigs. And he was so hungry that he wanted to eat out of the trough that the pigs were eating. And the scripture says, when he came to his senses, he thought to himself, you know what? I don't have to do this. I have a father at home who loves me. And I'm going to go home. And the scripture then says, while he was still a long way off, the father saw him and ran to him and kissed him. You know who the father in the story is? It's God. It's the only time in scripture where you ever see God described as running. God's never in a hurry. But he runs to meet his wandering child who smells like pigs who doesn't have any shoes on his feet because he's hocked them. And he says, bring the best robe and put it on him. Kill the fattened calf and have a party. And they begin to celebrate. That, men and women, is the God who loves us. Amen? And so, wherever you are today, if you are rejoicing in the fact of your salvation and the fact that God has saved you from so much, it's good news. Celebrate. If you are a person who used to follow Jesus, but has been wandering for a bit, rejoice, because God loves you, and He forgives sin. All you have to do is come home and confess to Him. And He will celebrate with you your renewed life. 
And if you are a person who has never experienced what we're talking about, great news for you too. The door is wide open. It's a free gift. All that has to be done is for it to be received by putting your trust in Jesus Christ. Amen? And then all of these benefits that we're talking about are yours. They're all yours. Let's pray. God, our Heavenly Father, we thank You that all of these blessings and benefits are ours in Christ. That as Paul said to the Corinthians, all God's promises are yes in Jesus. And that we really do have the opportunity to have a life of blessing and joy and wild and crazy benefits if we just follow Jesus, who is Your wisdom. If we walk in in Your ways following Jesus, then life takes a radical change. And we experience joy and peace along the way. We know the right way to walk. And You fill us with Your Holy Spirit and give us eternal life. You make us Yours. We thank You for that, Father. We pray that wherever we are today, that today would be a day of rejoicing. Rejoicing in new salvation, rejoicing in long-standing salvation, or rejoicing in repentance and restoration. Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.